Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Uh, My name is Kirk Reed, uh, one of the financial advisors uh, from McNamara Financial. Uh, Joined this morning by Mike McNamara. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Uh, So... There's not much going on in the news these days. Yeah, we have a boring show this morning. No yeah, problem. the news cycle is flat. Uh, it's flat these days. There's, there's really not, not much to talk about. Everybody's happy. There's no problems with at all. Yeah, that's, no. isn't that? That's always the case, right? Um, you know, Ooh. it's always funny. You know, sometimes you talk about how we try to limit what we keep, you know, on hand in the office on the on the uh, coffee table there when when folks come in as far as newspapers and, and magazines. Um, because you know, it's just it's it's typically not helpful uh, no. when when, you, when it comes to your your finances anyway. Um, the media wants to be your financial advisor, yeah, or 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 not, <laughs> uh, or or derail your financial plan, uh, perhaps. Um, and even even the you know, I think what we do have in the office is you know we have USA Today, right? You know, you know, and you know, national paper. It gets thinner every month, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the headlines, it's like never good. Yeah. It's never good. Uh, I mean, what are the, what, percentage wise, you know, what are the, what are the good headlines versus the bad ones? Yeah. Uh, I would like to know what the, what the stats are on that. <laughs> um, They're not good. Yeah. It's not good. Um, it's not, yeah, people, I don't know. Yeah. People. It's a barrage of media, you know, noise basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, most of it's bad and it certainly has an effect on us over a long enough time. There are certainly many not-so-good things going on in the world these days, and that certainly doesn't help at all. But, you know, it, you know we're either going to get over it and fix it or we're not, folks. That's kind of how, uh, how we're going to end up here in the next two hours. So, all right, so our, our sort of topic of discussion uh, this morning is, uh, you know, bear markets, uh, and you know how to navigate them, uh, or a bear market survival guide, right? That's our official go. official title. Um, and maybe you know perhaps even uh, work into um, you know recessions and how they uh, kind of uh, work uh, alongside of bear markets. Um, and so you know I was going to start with uh, you know a definition or two. Um, so I know. And this is, you know, I, I guess fairly wi- widely known, but I'm using Investopedia here for just for a, a, a quote or two. But actually, before I even say that, you know, something that I find interesting is that, you know, when we go through, you know, some charts and things with folks, you know, maybe for the first time and we show them, you know, the, the bear markets versus the bull markets. Yeah. And sometimes people say, well, which one's which again? Okay. Uh, and I find I find that very interesting, you know, that, that not everybody knows, yep. you know, even what that means. Yep. Um, and so, you know, so, so a bear market is, you know, things are... Um, you know, things are down, right? The markets are, are falling. You know, they're, they're, they're 
um, they're down from where they were previously. Uh, whereas a bull market, you know, things are things are doing well and they're and they're growing. Uh, you know, the economy is perhaps expanding and and the stock market is 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 going up. Can, can I have my color comment? You may. I, I would love bulls, yeah. bulls and bears. So, folks, yeah. the, a bear market is named because when bears okay attack their prey. They smash down. Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) See, people remember that, Tim, right? Yeah, excellent. And guess what bulls do when they get mad? They take their horns and move up. That's right, yeah. Sort of a thing. So that's the easiest way to remember and pretty colorful, actually. Yeah, (laughs) I did. I have have read that, yeah. Um, And, you know, oh, man, this is, you know, that kind of reminds me, you know, so I don't know. Have you been to Wall Street? Yeah. Okay. You know, so they have that big, the big bull, you know, statue there. Yeah, it looks pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, the big bronze or whatever it is, you know, in the middle, in the middle there. And uh, we were actually there a couple of years ago and there was somebody, some, just some guy all dressed up in like red, white, and blue, you know, like red, white, and blue (laughs) pants and a shirt and a hat, you know, like a, you know, like an Uncle Sam hat. And he, and he gets up there on top of the bull and starts throwing like $1 bills, like, like all over the place. And I was like, you know, only only in America, right? I just think of the same thing, only in America. Yeah. so, all right. So every, everybody likes a bull, right? Yep. No, yep. Nobody, nobody likes, likes a bear. Nobody likes a bear. Um, and you know, and I know that you've you've made these comments before. You know, they're they're both part of the equation, right? The you know the bear market is just sometimes that's just because we got too high, right? The bull market yep. maybe maybe ran on too long. Um, perhaps it got too big, and so sometimes it just has to come back down to get to where prices should be. Yeah. Uh, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, nobody likes it and, and you don't have to like it, but it's kind of, kind of part of the deal. It comes with the deal. It comes with, it comes with the deal. In a, in a perfect world, the economy would kind of go very slowly and very steadily forward and stock prices would track that and would be relatively boring. And by the way, and upward, but in the imperfect world we live in, sometimes people uh, get greedy or silly or stupid. We'll get to that. Uh, and they drive the prices of things up, even though they may not be justified. And you can't, you can't, that doesn't that doesn't last for long, and, and, and so instead of nice and steady, you have sometimes higher than it should be, and then sometimes lower than it should be. But hopefully, it always gets back to about where it should be. I know that's a highly technical explanation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's for for our yes, but that works for us. The way, right? the way that we operate, that's yeah. that's exactly in, that's in our sweet spot. Yeah, it is. Um, Which is a whole lot of people, by the way. That's that's what we're thinking. Um, I actually had, you know, a nice, you know, refreshing conversation just last night with with a client yep. and talking about talking about this very thing and and he was saying, you know, he's like I know that this happens. He's like he, you know, he understands it. Yep. Um as as we do yep. that that this is just part of the deal. Yeah. Um, understand and accept. Yes, okay. understand and accept. Yep. And and we'll talk about at some point there are things you can do to perhaps help your mental state yeah. get, get, get there. Lessen your anguish, yes. okay? Yep. yep. Um, you know, so there are some things you can do, and we'll talk about that as far as how do you prepare yourself to to mentally handle it. By the way, you didn't define a bear market magnitude. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You didn't mean to interrupt. Just not yet. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. okay. And yeah, there are some things you can do, and, and before the two hours are up here, folks, we're going to outline the big ones, mm-hmm. and 
we could probably do it in about four minutes, but, uh, you know, we need to give you a little background about why we would suggest things like that, you know? All right, so, all right, so, again, this is fairly common knowledge, but I, I'm just going to read a quote from Investopedia. It says, you know, one definition of a bear market says markets are in bear territory when stocks, on average, fall at least 20% off of their high. Um, it goes on to say, but 20%, is an arbitrary number, you know, but that's but that's kind of been, been termed the definition, I right? I think that generally For, is an accepted that's, definition. That's yeah. the, you know, the definition. Um, just as a 10% decline is sort of an arbitrary benchmark for a quote-unquote correction. Sounds less scary. Right. Yeah. All right. So 20% um, is, you know, is a, is a, is a, what's considered a bear market. So I mean, before, uh, uh, yep. I'm going to ask you, what's the market down year to date? I already, I already looked. Oh yeah, I did too. Yeah. Okay, you, all right, go ahead. Then. Well, <laughs> so actually what I did was get the, from the, from the peak. Oh, right, so year, so year to date, which is essentially year to date. What's okay. So year to date, what do you got for a number? Uh, we're down 18.6. Yep. 18.16 is right. So, okay. so, so just to put things in perspective, we're not officially in a bear market here. It's, it seems like we've been in one for five months with all the stuff going on, but officially, I mean, I'm not making light of this, but yeah. Folks, we're officially not in bear market territory. Right. Okay. Uh, and also officially, in any given twelve, in any given annual year, in any given year, okay, on average, somewhere in that year, the stock market drops fourteen percent. Okay. So, so having a fourteen percent intra-year decline, to get technical, is average and we're down 18. Mm -hmm. So I'm merely stating facts and trying to put things in perspective for some folks. We're not down 42% and your life is not over. Everybody's thinking it's going to happen, but where we are is we're down 18%. Okay. Uh, and, and by the way, and you're down 18% if you have 100% stocks, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And, that, and, and, you know, yeah, this is one other point I wanted to make <laughs> is that, you know, when we talk about the, the bulls and the bears and, and when you listen to the news and they talk about you know the Dow is down and, and you know the Nasdaq and the S and P five hundred, those are all just United States yep. stocks. Um, you know, you know we certainly believe in having you know global diversification. Uh, you know, so we're going to have you know some international stocks and, uh, and you know as part of the portfolio. But that's you know that's kind of been the norm, I guess, as far as what the news talks about. Right? They focus yep. on on the U S. and yep. um, you know, and actually, I... Unless it's bad overseas, then we'd focus on the overseas. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, there was actually somebody, uh, 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 a, a daughter of a client was in recently, and she came, she came to visit from Germany. And so we, and she was, you know, so we were going over the investments and things and talking about that. And I said, I, and she was mentioning some of the stuff that she has and owns. And I said, I said, oh, I was like, out of curiosity, I was like, do you, do you own, you know, United States? And she was like, not really. Like, so over there, yeah. you know, it's a different, it's a different world. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. they don't, you know, so we're definitely focused on that here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, obviously the U.S. is, you know, the biggest economy in the world and, yeah. and the stock market has been strong for a long time, but, uh, but it's a very different perspective yeah. uh, in other parts of the, of the world. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So on Investopedia, uh, what they went on to say was, you know, another definition of a bear market is when investors are more risk averse than risk seeking. And I, I was starting, you know, and so because when I was kind of preparing for this and I was thinking, okay, we're not quite to 20 percent 
territory. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, this one, that one fits, sat, this one fits, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I was like, okay, so this, sound, you know, this sounds more like, um, more like kind of what's going on yeah. now. Yeah. Actually, I, and I never heard it put that way before, but that make, makes sense. So say, say that again. I would. Uh, so it says, you know, another definition of a bear market is when investors are more risk averse than risk seeking. Okay. And that, that's a, a bit more fuzzy, obviously sure. not precise, it's not, but it certainly seems to be the case these days. There's no, yeah, there's no quantitative, yeah. uh, you know, uh, aspect there, but it's, yep. you know, I would say that that kind of fits right now. And, and actually yesterday when I was looking at the numbers, you know, as things were going down yesterday yep. and I was like, oh man, I was like, this show is going to be perfectly timed. <laughs> uh, we, so, all right. So we're not quite there, but that's okay. Um, but I think, yeah, so the second definition, I guess, is what I've been kind of feeling or thinking about as far as, you know, um, you know, investor uh, sort of um, sentiment, right? Yeah. You know, right now. Um, and yeah. perhaps you're seeing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and just just one more off, off the wall thought here. So so if the stock market's down about 18%, okay, I'm going to guess, and, and folks, please go check this on your own, but... If you've got a portfolio that's 50 or 60% stocks and the rest bonds, I, I'm making a wild guess that you're down 11 or 12 or 13% this year. Okay? Yeah. So, so forget the dollars. And folks, you just go check your own stuff. But uh, this is an, uh, an educated guess that if you've got a 60-40 or a 50-50 portfolio of stocks and bonds, if you looked at the percentage that you're down year to date, I'm going to guess it's somewhere between 11, 12, maybe 13 percent, depending. So you just just I'm just trying to put this in perspective, folks. That's all. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, as of yes, you know, because things did go down yesterday. But yeah. as of a few days ago, yeah, I think we were around around 10 percent plus yeah. or minus. But yeah, yeah it could be yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and and f folks just just you just need to have that in perspective. That's all. Not good or bad. Nobody likes being down eight or 10 percent, but it's not 18, you know. The, uh, the the there was one more line about the you know this whole risk averse yep. you know okay. sentiment yep. and yep. it just says you know that this kind of bear market uh, can last for months or years yep. as investors shun speculation yep. in favor of more stable financial investments. There you go. Uh, only problem is there's a, a short supply of the, those stable financial investments these days. I mean, folks, uh, one of the very uh, not so good things that's happened this year is the U.S. bond market's down 9 or 10% year to date. That almost, well, I won't say almost never, it rarely I have happens. The, I have the bond what? sheet here somewhere, yeah. so I can pull that uh, out. I'm pretty sure the, 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 the bond market index is down somewhere around 10% this year, plus or minus. The, the, you know, if it was zero, you'd be down less, obviously. So the, the bonds, which usually provide some support and go the other way, they haven't done that this year with stocks. So, so that tend to adds to the the anguish for sure. I have this, uh, you know, history of the, you know, some negative bond. Yeah, there you go. In 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 you know historical time. So yeah. up until now. We've only had a handful of years, you know, where the, where the, the U.S. bond market has posted a yeah. negative. How many years that that page encompassed? Eh? Well, so some of it is the U.S. the Barclays U.S. U.S. aggregate, yeah, and some of it is the U.S. Treasury. Yeah, but how many years are we talking about? Oh, oh, it goes back to the fifties. All right, so we got so so we got what seventy years yeah. plus. All right, yeah. and, and how many negative years? So well, on the on the on the U.S. aggregate, yeah. there were only three years out of the last seventy prior yeah. to prior to yeah, now. They, they prior changed to, over. Yeah, yeah, okay, and then. Um, and but so so the in terms of magnitude yeah. right so um, so going back the furthest it was 1994 okay 
and the U.S. aggregate bond market was down 2.92 percent. Yeah, for the year. Yeah, 1999, it was negative 0.82 percent. Okay, well, okay. And then in 2013, it was down 2.02 percent. Yeah, so that's been the level of excitement in the bond market right. pr- prior. Right. To this year, basically. In the last few years now, as a matter of fact. So, you know, three years, right, uh, up until now. And those, but those numbers were only like, I mean, the, the biggest, the, the most was about 3%, not even 3%. Yep. Uh, so this year is... This is a biggie. Yeah. But it's only, you know, we only talked about five and a half months, you know, so that could potentially lessen over yeah. the rest, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, remains to be seen. Yeah. So, so the bonds haven't worked. At, and where we're going with this is, well, where's a safe harbor? Well... You can go put your money in the bank. Okay, that's certainly safe uh, if, if by one definition, but we're at bank rates now. We up to, I think we're up to like almost three quarters of a percent. Maybe. Is that right? I'd I, 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 I have to check. Uh, they, the, the, the savings rates have not climbed as fast as the mortgage rates for some strange reason, Kirk. I mean, you know. It, that's always the case. <laughs> Let me see. Funny how uh, that works, right? Let's see what I can find yeah. here. Uh, uh, it's, gonna, it's less than 1% for savings or money market funds, national average. So, you know, I just popped onto that, you know, bankrate.com. Yeah. And so, the, you know, they have, let's see. So these are all like like online savings accounts. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, there's, a, you know, a Capital One account. Yeah. Uh, they're offering... Point eight percent. There you go. So you're right. You know, yeah. you're right on, right on there. Yeah, you um, can, there's no, none higher than one, basically. There, right? Let's see. The only thing. Let's see. So there's a, there's a one and a quarter. Okay. Uh, and the rest aren't. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So so let's just use one percent. Yep. So okay. Let's see. It's FDIC insured. It's I get one percent. Yeah. And if inflation's eight. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you, you, you're losing seven. Well, then that person would say, yeah, but I'm not losing 10 or 11 or 12. And, and my response to that would be temporarily, you're correct. Right. Okay. Not, not, not long term. Okay. That was, um, you know, this was, yeah, one of my, one of my sort of comments or, um, you know, phrases, you know, phrases that, that I hear or that, you know, not necessarily our clients, but you just, you hear when you read things and it's just, I don't want to lose what I have. Yeah. Right. And I think that's particularly because, well, I I think it's timely because things have been so good for so long and people have seen their portfolios grow and they, and they're like, oh man, you know, I had this you know, this big number, yep. right? Whatever yep. it is, you know, to, you know, relative to, to, to them. And, and I don't want to lose that. Yeah. They, they, they should say, I don't want to lose the spending power of what I have. Okay. But, but, but how often that, do you hear that? I know, but yeah. that, that, that's what they're worried about. Yeah. When, when you think about that, no, you, you never hear that, but you should be saying, I worry about losing the spending power or the buying power of my money because money's only as good as what you can buy with it. That's how mm-hmm. it defines your life sort of a thing. So, but nope, people, you're right. People don't say that, right? So, <laughs> all right. So they say, okay, so I, yeah, I don't want to lose what I have. All right. All right. Okay. I understand. I understand the comment and the question. Okay. So let's, you know, so you could talk about, well, what do you do to make that happen? Yeah. All right. So as we just, as we just talked about, okay, so you could take all of your money and just put it in cash. Yep. And, you know, so yeah, if you can get 1%, then that's, does that work for the rest of your life? Guaranteed, no risk. You know, I, I was thinking about this. Um, there, there's two answers to everybody 
okay, uh, that that's an investor, and, and it, it it's it's either you know, what's the right investment thing to do, or what's the right emotional thing to do for your emotions. You know, mm-hmm. so you know the, the the answer is always the best thing to do from an investment point of view is to stay invested and have a diversified portfolio and all this stuff. But if emotionally you're going to jump off a cliff or do something or whatever, so maybe you have to do the emotional thing. But people have it's it's very it's very clear. You know what you're supposed to do from an investment point of view is pretty historically supported, okay. But emotionally, if you can't deal with that, then maybe you have to follow your emotions versus that, and that's something everybody's got to figure out, right? I mean, um, you know, one of the things that we do when we meet somebody new, and 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 we also do it throughout our, the relationship, yeah. is go through you know a risk a risk uh, assessment, yeah. And you know, and as we've said before, that's such a it's a it's that's, a fuzz, it's a fuzzy thing. Pretty fuzzy test. It's a, it's a fuzzy thing, <laughs> and it's and it's constantly changing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Somebody's tolerance can change based on, uh-huh. unfortunately, the the markets. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, it changes. It can change based on you know your age, and that's I, and I'm okay with that. Or fi- or financial situation. Or, or financial situation. Yeah. But it you know it really it it shouldn't change as a result of what the markets are doing. Um, but. But sometimes it does, um, and that's part. You know, that's obviously part of our job is to assess where somebody truly is, and that's. Yeah. But it's very hard to yeah. do. If you're up twenty percent in your portfolio or down twenty percent, you might feel a little bit different about risk, depending on which of those is. You know, right? Um, so. You know, I, I was thinking about yeah, we could. I wonder if we could do a whole show just on risk tolerance, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I I get the biggest chuckle out of that. We could be, after the break, we could talk about that. I yeah. how, how do you determine somebody's risk if they don't know if they don't have enough information to assess their own? Yeah. risk? you know, I, I, if they don't, if they're not educated enough to understand things, then everybody's going to be risk averse. I think that's you know, so that's 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 up to us to help them educate them, and then and then they can decide. and then figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so. We're talking about bear markets and and how to survive them. And uh, we'll, when we come back, we'll we'll get into some more details. Uh, maybe get into some history of the bear markets. Uh, we'll be right back after the break. Market turbulence can cause panic, and you might be wondering if your investments are allocated properly. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Let me help you understand your investment strategy and ensure that it is suitable for you. Then you can turn off the financial news and move on with your life. All right, we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed, joined this morning by Mike McNamara. And we're talking about bear markets uh, in the United States. And we're going to talk about, you know, some survival tips for survive, uh, surviving bear markets. But let's take a detour in that risk thing for a minute. Okay. Or two, okay. You, you know, uh, well, what, what are you, t- I mean, we, we, you know, we try to assess folks risk tolerance that's something we're supposed to do anyway mm-hmm. okay and i i just laugh at that even though we try to do our best because it it how, how do you measure that and how does all that work sort of a thing you know and 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 my humble opinion is that if you don't understand something it's probably going to be <laughs> pretty risky okay and, and and my humble opinion is that most of the folks uh, out there listening to us don't understand pretty much how things work in the financial markets, and so their their risk tolerance would be low, right? And 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 kind of hard to measure. So I, I I think that the the only way that somebody can truly figure out 
how comfortable or uncomfortable they feel about being an investor in the financial markets is to ha- kind of have at least a, a very basic but good understanding of how those markets work and, and, and what they can expect for you know, levels of excitement and return. That you know, so so you can make a meaningful decision about how you feel about risk if you have enough information to do so. I I just think people don't, and I, it's almost a waste of time. I think to 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 do that from our point of view, uh, we we try to educate them, but it, I I think it's a waste, almost a waste of time. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, <laughs> uh, um, you know, I think it's because if we well, if we don't spend that time, yeah. then. The, I think the only piece of information we're going to get from them is, you know, either they're going to say I'm conservative, yeah, <laughs> or or I'm willing to take on some risk. Yeah, ninety nine percent the former, basically. Yes, yeah. and yeah. that's and that's all we're going to get. Yeah, and so then so then we we need to spend more time on well, what does that mean? Yeah, uh, and. And what are your, you know, so that's great if you're conservative, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but what, what yeah. are your expectations yeah. for, for, for returns yeah. on your money? Yeah. And, and how does that equate to being conservative? <laughs> and, and, and by the way, is that expectation even reasonable or, uh, you know, and achievable? You know, yeah. who knows? And then, and then to plug that into, into their plan and say, okay, so yeah. if you're conservative and, you know, you don't, you know, you want X, Y, Z as far as, volatility yep. and we think this is what you're going to get as a return as a result how does that how does that how does that project out for you yeah. and yeah. and how do you feel about that and and if it looks good which is probably rare yep. uh you know that's great but if it doesn't then you know are you willing to change your you know your your thought process on yep. that on that situation it's a continuing uh, work in progress right it is um all right, so I have a little, let's see, you know, a timeline, you know, historical historical bear markets, right? So going back a long ways, you know, we're talking about the stock market crash of 1929. Uh, so that was, you know, that was kind of the first and the kind of the, the, the biggest, uh, historically speaking. Um, so let's see, that it took, it basically took, went down 89%. All right, so in the stock market crash of 1929, uh, sliced, quote unquote, eighty nine percent off the value of the Dow Jones Industrial Average over approximately three years. That's a scary one. That was yes, I was not around for that one. Yep. Uh, nor were you. Nor were I. Uh, but that was uh, so. That was you know a long time ago. All right. So then, by the way, in which there was very little government regulation, very little control, and very little common sense. And I, yeah, and I think you had some notes we can get into later about you know what caused that, yep. but um, but that but that's what it was. Greed, greed, greed. Okay, okay, that's it. It was options, what right? Options it? and margin and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people borrowed money. Right. Uh, the, the, the average per you, you could borrow up to three times as much money as you wanted to pay if you wanted to buy a stock for five thousand dollars, you could borrow fifteen thousand dollars to buy the stock. Well, that works really great if the stock goes up. Because if it goes up a little bit, you make a bunch of money. But if you did that and the stock went down a third, you're at zero because you leveraged or you multiplied mm-hmm. your return. Yeah, both ways. Both ways. And that was but margin and greed were the scary things. Oh, you can borrow money to buy stocks. Yeah, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, all right. So in the in from 1960 into the 70s, uh, let's see. So stock market declines of 36.1 percent in the late 1960s and 48.2% in the early 1970s. Ready. Uh, I don't have specific, you know, causes yep. or events, but yep. those are those are kind of the numbers. In the 70s it was uh, inflation uh, and oil and energy prices basically and and some some uh, some wars going on over in Asia. Mm, as okay. a matter of fact. All right, so then and then in more recent times, 2000 to 2002. All right, so that was what's kind of been termed the dot-com bubble or the dot-com crash. Uh, and the S&P 500 tumbled, right? So this this chart gets, you know, this did is you, very... Are you saying tumbled? I'm not. I'm okay. not saying that. I'm, I'm just reading. I'm okay. reading here. Yes, okay. I, I don't use those words. But, uh, yeah, so I should... I should yeah, this, these are... Investopedia has bought into the, uh, the hyperbole. All right. Uh, okay. 500 tumbled uh, by 36.8% over the course of one and a half years. And that one, right, so people were, you know, you can't lose, right? It was all the tech stocks, right? Yeah. And, and, they were all, and they were, there were these companies uh, and they were just growing by leaps and bounds. And, you know, people were buying. Their, their, their stock shares were growing by right. leaps and bounds. But the, the companies, co- not necessarily. Yeah, they were, yeah, these you know, fledgling companies, right? And nobody knew where they were going to go. Yeah. And, uh, and, and a lot of them didn't make it. It was greed to the... Greed squared is what it was, and we, we can, if we get to that a little later on, that'd be fine. If we have time, maybe I'll do a separate show on it. But uh, uh, pe- people, so um, as we know, you, you pay a multiple of earnings to buy a company. It's called a price-to-earnings ratio. Okay, uh, and you know, right now I think the price-to-earnings ratio for the S&P 500 is somewhere around 16 or 17. So you pay 16 or 17 dollars, folks, to get a dollar's worth of earnings, and that's kind of how you how they value stocks. Uh, at, at at one point in the 2000 mess, the PE for many tech stocks was 200. Two, two hundred. So you pay two hundred dollars to get a dollar of earnings. Okay, boy, they better have a whole lot of earnings to make that worthwhile, folks. And and uh, the vast majority of them didn't. It was it was greed squared, is how I will describe that. All right. So after that, uh, we get into you know two thousand seven to two thousand nine. Yep. Uh, and this is again, I'm just reading. This is Investopedia's you know quick synopsis of what happened. The economy goes into recession and enters the second worst bear market in history. Yep. Um, and, you know, that one is, you know, fairly fresh, I think, in a lot of people's minds yep. that are, you know, living today. Um, people that, um, you know, that was pretty, you know, it lasted for a significant length of time. So it felt it felt like a long time. Yep. It always, how, how it always long, does. How long, a year and a half, right? Yeah, basically yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it always feels like an eternity, right? Yep. Uh, when, it, when it's happening. Yep. Because, well, because you, you just don't know how long it's going to go. Right. And, and, that's, and that's, the, that's the psychological piece. Um, so the key word there was, to me, was recession, right? Mm-hmm. And that's part of, I think, what's on people's minds today. Um, you know, people are concerned that with interest rates starting to climb, uh, perhaps that will slow the economy, which could perhaps result in a recession or just, you know, meaning, you know, the, the, you know, the economy is going to slow down. And if companies make less money, they become worth less, basically. Yep. Yep. And so I have, so I did have a little bit of history on recessions just to kind of 
touch on that. By the um, way, sometimes we need a good one. Well, yeah, and I... <laughs> I I'm not... I, I'm, yeah, sometimes we need a good one because we got screwy and overheated the economy and bad things need to get corrected. And and, and just like we talked about, you know, a, a bear market or a quote-unquote correction in the stock market, yeah. same thing applies to recessions, yep. right, into the economy. Yep. Um, yep. It's, not, it's not bad per se. It's part of, it's just part of the cycle. If we didn't get greedy and do crazy things, we wouldn't have recessions. All right, so I have a little chart here from, uh, so let's see, this is from the Capital Group, uh, the National Bureau of Economic Research. Uh, and this was actually, this was a couple of years old. This was as yep. of uh, September 30th, 2018. So this yep. is from a few years ago. Yep. Um, and so their little quick synopsis was, you know, it says, the good news is that recessions generally aren't very long. Uh, yep. Our analysis of 10 cycles since 1950, all right, so this is from 1950 through 2018, uh, shows that recessions have lasted between 8 and 18 months. Okay. With the average spanning about 11 months, all right? Uh, for, those, for those directly affected by job loss or business foreclosures, uh, that can feel like an eternity. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, but investors with a long-term investment horizon would be better served looking at the full picture. There you go. All right. So yes, yes, uh, yes. If you lose your job as a result, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's your risk tolerance that is, goes up. Yeah, that is should, that that will yeah. certainly uh, be on one end of the spectrum. Yeah. By the way, I, I want to read a quote uh, that I think is pretty powerful and get your reaction to it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I'll explain who said it and under what conditions in a moment or two. But this this was just classic for the I think the show. The problems that have depressed the market are well known: double digit inflation a deepening recession, international monetary uncertainties, and the explosive situation in the Middle East. These have all contributed to the biggest problem, a general erosion of confidence. This has been reflected not only in the stock market, but in the overall economy. Many individuals have been so disillusioned by political and economic events and by their investment experiences that they have convinced themselves that stock prices will never go up again. Mm. How about them apples? Mm -hmm. huh? well, you want to take a guess at the situation or circumstances about that? Well, you, <laughs> sa you said that was during the war in the Middle East. I, 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 they, they, they said, to quote, an explosive situation in the Middle East. Yeah, okay. so, so when... But when has it not been? But anyway, oh. take a guess at what, about what market we're talking about. Uh, not, not, not the, not this one. Not the U.S. stock market. Okay, yeah, the, U, the U.S. Stock, yeah, what, yeah. What crash we're talking about? Oh, what's the time frame on that quote? Um, is that the two thousand? The seventies. The seventies. Seventy three, seventy four. Sound familiar? Okay, sure. S sound familiar? Okay. Same. S s d same different, different time, same yeah, story. Yeah. I, I want to read that again, folks. Yeah. Okay. Th this, this, by the way, is from the Capital Group. That's what you got me going on. That. Okay. okay. American funds, wonderful people, based in Los Angeles. We don't hold that against them. Okay. Uh, and, and basically, the Investment Company of America is their flagship pretty much kind of a blue chip stock fund. Okay, and this is in the Investment Company of America's 1974 annual report. Okay. Okay, and it sounds 
So for insert Ukraine versus Middle East, although the Middle East is always a powder cake here. So anyway, I, I, I want to read this again because we're in a pretty similar situation. And by the way, most of the time, the basics look like what I'm going to read here. So, to, you know, this is 70 years, so 74, 30, this is 50 years old, this quote, basically, mm -hmm. or darn, darn close to it, right? Yeah, okay. The problems that have depressed the market are well known. Double-digit inflation. Well, we've almost got double-digit inflation, right? A deepening recession, international monetary uncertainties, and the explosive situation in the Middle East. These have all contributed to the biggest problem, a general erosion of confidence, okay? This has been reflected not only in the stock market, but in the overall economy. Many individuals have been so disillusioned by political, and certainly today political, and economic events and by their investment experiences that they have convinced themselves that stock prices will never go up again. And the cycle repeats itself. It's mm -hmm. all, you know, just, you hear the phrase, this time it's different. I'm sorry, it's almost never different. Okay, it's just the same kind of scenario unfolds. Some of the characters and the players are different, but the bad news looks eerily similar over long, you know, political events and economic events, basically. Right. Yeah. And we, you know, and so, of course, you know, our... Our mantra, right, is yeah. always, you know, this this too shall pass, right? If, if you are prepared for it, you can deal with it. Yes. Yeah. You can be prepared. You can't know, but you can be planning for it. Yes. And this is, um, so I have this other chart, and this is, and, you know, what you just said there about, you know, different, different story, you know, different players, but same story, yep. sa same ending, right? Yep. Yep. So I have this chart from, uh, from Morningstar, uh, and the title of the chart is, we all know how this can play out, <laughs> right? Um, and and so then, but we want to step aside and wait till it gets over, right? <laughs> well, so the, yeah, so the, so then the you know the, uh, the sub the subtitle is you know the importance of staying invested. There you go. And and so what they have is they say you know it's ending wealth values after a market decline, and so they have a couple of different scenarios about what you could do you know during a downturn, okay, and what those numbers would look like, okay, and so. You know, they have sort of a... Pick one. Yeah, so they have sort of a, you know, it's an arbitrary number. They just kind of started with a, a, a number. So they started with roughly, with like $100,000. Okay. Uh, and so this was back in, you know, January of 2007. So this, okay. is, back, yeah. this is back in the 07, yeah. 08, 09. Okay, so this is a precursor to the world yes. coming apart. Yes, yeah. so this was during the, you know, a, a previous, you know, pretty... The financial mess, so the financial crisis, I the think. The financial crisis. Yes, yep. yes. Uh, so you started with 100000 The last financial crisis. Yep. Okay, yeah. And so, so you started with about $100,000 in yep. January of 2007. And, and you know, for, for about a year or so, things are okay. Yeah, and what, what are you invested in? The market, basically? Yes, yeah. okay, yes. S&P 500. S&P 500, okay, yes. yep. And so, and then in, right at the end of 2007 is when, you know, when the bear market began. All right. So things come down. And so, so the, the chart or the, uh, what they're projecting is that you wait until the very bottom to do anything. Yeah. So you're, st you know, okay. so you stay invested and then, until the trough. Yeah. All right. And you're left and you're left at the bottom. You, it, well, so there's a couple different paths you can take here. Okay. So this is a choose your own adventure. Okay. All right. All right. So we're at the bottom. So we're at the bottom, yeah. which occurred in, you know, the early, uh, the, you know, let's see, it's early part, 2009, you know, early part, you know, the first quarter, 20, okay. 2009, roughly. Okay, yeah. All right, so that's when it, that's the bottom. Okay. And so... March 9th. Yeah, okay. 2009. All right, so March of 2009. Yep. 
So you can stay invested. Yeah. You can exit the market and reinvest after one year. Okay. You know, you know that old story. I I'll get back in when things get better. better. Yeah, when after it goes higher, I can pay more for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Or you can uh, exit the market and invest in cash. There you go. Okay. All right. So all those right. those are your options. All right. All right. So, all right. So you started at a hundred. Yep. You wait till the bottom. Yeah. Which then, of, which of course in itself is impossible to time. Yeah. You know, knowing. Sure. Yeah. You know, but but looking backwards, people who are going to leave are out by then. So do, <laughs> So so they you know they figured that if you started with a hundred yep. and then if you wait till the bottom now your your number is about it's about fifty four thousand dollars. Pretty scary, right? So yep. you you basically went down by about half. Yep. Right. That's what that's what it did. If, right. It if went you down. Invested in all stocks. Yes. It went down about fifty percent. Yep. From top to bottom. Got it. All right. So if you so if you if you stay in cash. It's a flat line, yeah. right? It's, they've got a flat line going out, you know, for, for several years. Yeah, so a year, uh, a year, a year later, you have $54,000. Yes, correct. Okay. And, and, and basically into perpetuity. So this is about a two and a half year time frame. From no, the actually, well, from the beginning of 2007, when you did the 100, yep. to, it was to, to a year after. To 2009, down, yep. yeah. So two and, a, what, two and a half years? What, what was the time frame? I mean, the... From the beginning to the trough to the uh, to a year later, how how long is that period? Let's time? see. So we started in 07. Yeah. So the, so the, we start this, we started in 07, yeah. and then we bottomed out in the beginning of 09. So that was two years. More, okay. And actually, this chart goes in uh, all the way out until 14. Oh, okay. 2014. Oh, I, I get it. Okay. All right. All right. So you're flatlined so the, in cash. So they're just putting projecting the cash as a flat line. Yeah, that's right. right. Yep. So you stay there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Take away every use inflation in that time. You're in good good shape. We're not. Yeah. We're not even getting into inflation. Yeah. Never yeah. Mind. yeah. Okay. All right. So the next one is you exit the market and reinvest after a year. Right. Okay. So you sit out and say, okay, I'm gonna wait and see what happens. So in March of 2009, the bottom. Yep. A year later, everybody is happy because it's recovering strongly. So you buy so in. Things, things have gone up. You buy in after it went back up some. So now in March of 2010, March I said, I'm gonna get back in. Got it. All right. So now you're fifty-four thousand dollars. Yeah. From then up until you know January of 2014. Yeah. So four years later. Yeah. Grows to about mm, about a hundred thousand. So you're about back to even. So you're almost back to even. Yeah, it's like ninety nine thousand. Okay, in seven years, basically, roughly mm -hmm. two thousand. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Or yep. you stay invested, okay. right? You don't get out, and now your dollars are one hundred and fifty one thousand. Okay, so seven years, you can your hundred goes to either fifty four, a hundred, or one hundred and fifty one. Right. Okay. Okay. So looking the, backwards, the that's, that's easy. Looking backwards, right? Sure. Um, <laughs> wow. But wow. Yeah, you know, I thought that was kind of a. Do they have those numbers for other markets there, or other, or is that just a? How's that work? It was just this was just, just that one. It was just an yeah, S and P yeah, five hundred, just yeah. to show what you know during that 07, 08, 09 yeah, crisis. Yeah, yeah. And, so and, and by the way, I, I, and and that, that that's great. Uh, I, I'd like a copy of that. So, I tell I tell folks. If you do the, I'm going to get out and get back in, your returns, you're going to shoot yourself in your foot for returns forever. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that the hundred went back to a hundred in seven years. Right. What's your return? Okay. For seven years. Zero. Uh, I mean, basically. Yep. Okay. Uh, you have a seven year zero return. So folks, I want you to think about that. You know, you know, if you get out, okay, and then get back in at some point, okay, to get back to where you were, it's going to take X amount of time, 
and your return, you're going to be looking at awful returns. And by the way, that that zero percent return for seven years, what did it do to your performance before that? You know, for for the money that you started with, maybe that sure. maybe that hundred was fifty thousand that you started with ten years. I mean, my point is, you shoot your returns in the foot, okay? If you do something like that. Unless the world permanently comes to an end, okay. So yeah. I just did the yeah. the calculation yeah. on if you stayed invested, right? Uh, Let so me guess. Wait a minute. One hundred, one hundred and fifty-seven years. Yeah, eight percent, nine percent. I got six. Yeah, okay. Just okay. Uh, just a shade over six yeah. percent per there, year. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So so it took seven years to earn six percent. Okay, uh, which is you know obviously you, you, people you know, would die for that these days, right? <laughs> I mean, okay, I mean right. Sto- stocks, the yeah. stock market, you know, over the long run does a little bit better than that. Yeah, yeah. But this is a pretty terrible it, time. In this period of time, people would kill. Well, sure. I, 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 people would be very happy yeah. with a six percent return. Right. right. But to get there what was a scary time, and that's the point we're trying to make here, folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know that the only. The only way this all works is if the world doesn't come to an end. I want to, you know, kind of put this in the big perspective, okay? Uh, that, folks, that's the only way this all works is that you assume we're going to figure things out. Things are going to get better. Uh, there'll be some pain. There'll be some sacrifice. Some people will lose money probably because they did not intelligent things, okay? Uh, but, you know, you, you got to have some faith that it's going to be okay again or this whole thing makes no sense whatsoever, basically. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. Uh, all right, let's see. So... Let me find what I was going to look at here. I love it. So 100 goes to 54, 100 or 151 in seven years. Pick one. So, you know, we got only got a couple minutes here before yeah. the break. But okay. I ha- so I have an- another uh, article we could kind of pick around at. Uh, so this is from GoBankingRates.com. Okay. And, and they're talking about recession type stuff. You okay. know? So it says, you know, 23 biggest ways to recession-proof your retirement. 23? I don't think we'll get... We, we, don't, we don't have to do them all, but... Oh, well, um, this could take the rest of the show. I know, but okay. we don't... We don't. Yeah, we could do some of them or... All right. Uh, so we'll just kind of poke around. Okay. Um, all right. So, but this is, you know, current. Uh, yeah. You know, do they list them in order of importance or they just... Re- how, they, how do they list them? No, it's, you know, it's not necessarily... Well, right. I don't know. Well, pick, well, pick the, a good one. Well, the first one, you know, the first one is don't panic. Oh, let me write that down. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let's see. Um, panic leads to panic selling. And when investors make fear-based decisions to get out of their investments for a loss while they still can, they not only sell low when stocks are down, but they tend to miss the recovery when things turn around. Mm, where have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. Emotions, not a good thing for an investor to have. Mm-hmm. All right. Um the U.S. economy contracted by 0.1% in 2008 and 2.5% in 2009. But by 2010, the economy was growing at pre-meltdown rates. Not my words. Meltdown? <laughs> yes, pre, pre-meltdown rates, yes. Well, and stocks, so it melted down going down 2%? Yeah, yeah, isn't that amazing? That. Isn't that, that amazing? That. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the numbers and the terminology that goes along with that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, th- and, and yeah, and by 2013, things were back. Things were back to normal. Melt. I, I mean, that, there, there's there's the media. Yeah. You know, it, you know it, it's unbelievable. A long time ago, you've heard this before. I apologize, but it's the, one of the best things I ever heard. If you got on an elevator and there were two buttons, one said plunge and one said soar, yeah. which one would you choose? Yeah. And this is what we're talking. I mean, it, uh, the economy melted down by going down less than three percent in two years. Right. That yeah. was a that was a meltdown. Okay. All right. So this is still 
under the you know the don't panic headline, oh, right? Right. Okay. 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 So I like this. In 2020, yeah. Right. Uh, the pandemic recovery was even faster. On March 9th, 12, and 16 of that year, the Dow lost 7.79 percent. Uh, percent. 9.99% and 12.9% respectively, Whoa. according to Forbes. Uh, but the crash, again, these are just words, uh, was over by April. And by the end of summer, the market had recouped most of those gains mm. and then some and went on to finish the year at new highs. I mean, that's, you know, that's, so that's that a, was a quickie. That's a fairly recent yeah. experience and a great example of how quickly things can change. I mean, when that started, people were like, you know, that, you know, the, the whole, this is different. You know, this is different. Yeah. This is, you know, the worst thing. By the time they get their March statement, it was over. Yeah. Uh, almost. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, Kirk Reed and Mike McNamara with you this morning. We'll be right back in a minute or two.